Hey kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings. It's the podcast about fictional father figures. Joining me this week is writer Chelsea G. Summers, um, friend of uh, of the network, I guess I would say. <laughs> uh, first time <laughs> appearance on this show, but you've been on, on our other show, uh, Woodland Secrets. And today we're talking about um, a character from Joss Whedon's Buffy series who later received his own series. We're talking about Angel Angelus' uh, last name. I guess he doesn't really have a last name, he doesn't, does he? I don't think he ever gets a last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like Cher. Yeah, he, in many ways, he is like Cher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And wow, okay. I feel like I, I think there is probably a substantial number of people who have watched Buffy, but not watched Angel. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the premise of the show for people who aren't familiar is that he moves to LA to like be away from Buffy because he knows that their love is cursed. And if he ever comes, then he turns evil. Um, yeah, but only with her for some reason. Um, (laughs) well, because it's love. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but no matter no matter how you have sex in the Whedon verse, you're gonna you're gonna die. Someone's gonna die. Someone's gonna for die. Sure. There's sex, alcohol, and chocolate are all bad in the Whedon verse. The only way you're allowed to fuck is if it's like already messed up. Like if it's like hate sex or like then it's like sort of like no one necessarily dies, it's just already bad. Right. Yeah, no, you are you are allowed to have hate sex, sort of, but or, then you have to feel then you have to feel really bad about it. <laughs> yeah, like unnecessarily bad. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so basically, Angel moves to L.A. Um, so Angel, yeah, I guess for people who super don't know, is a vampire with a soul. And uh, in the Buffyverse, in, uh, vampires don't have souls, so they're basically like it's never really clear, but like. They're not, like, vampires in the normal sense of, like, a lot of media. They're, like, demons who have, like, possessed a body but have all the memories of the person. The way that Buffy puts it in in uh, in, in Buffy is that a demon sets up shop. Your, your, soul, your soul leaves and the demon sets up shop and it in you and it walks like you and it talks like you and it has all of your memories but it's not you that's from lie to me right yep yep when that when they that terminally ill kid wants to become yep. a vampire <laughs> Which yeah with, with my favorite one of my favorite lines is it, it uh it's going to be the uh an all-night um pig out at the moron bar <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so Angel is unique in that he has a soul um, because he was cursed and um, he was cursed to have a soul, which basically made him really sad for hundreds of years. And like um, because he had to uh, basically come face to face with all the terrible things he did. Um, he eventually meets Buffy, who is the slayer, and um, he's part of this big prophecy about evil and good. And then he moves to L.A., and starts a detective agency to help people. As one does. As, you know, as you do. Um, and When you uh, have a lot of trench coats and an aversion <laughs> to sunlight. <laughs> yeah, in many ways, it's the perfect career for him. They're like, when they're thinking of the spinoff, they're like, okay, so does he go to Europe and just kind of find himself? Does he... Um, 
does he move to Seattle and become a psychiatrist? Like, no, L.A. Like, that would be awesome, though. Angel is Frazier. Oh, my God. It would. In many ways, it makes more sense because, like, L.A., like, the sunniest place in America, probably, like. Pretty much. Yeah. With and Andy has a Andy has a uh, convertible. I know, like, dude, dude. Come I know. On. It's a little it's a little bit of like Thanatos run amok, you mm. know, like here if you here is your death wish, it's very sparkly and shiny. <laughs> um, yeah. And and the weird thing about Angel, at least in the first few like the first season and into the second season, is that it's almost structured like a the very special episode of a police procedural. Oh my god, like yeah. Each, you know, it's it's because they're a detective agency, at least for the first couple seasons, there's a strange adherence to the procedural uh, format, which is here comes a mystery. You have to either solve the mystery or keep or keep the bad thing from happening while finding the criminal um, and dealing with the criminal in a just fashion. But because he's the vampire with the soul, it's always the very special episode where it's not just a crime that's being committed. It is some, you know, metaphysical peril. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah. And then that and then after about two seasons of that, it gets jettisoned for a Baroque prolix and ultimately nonsensical <laughs> interweaving of narratives about prophecies come you know being written rewritten mm -hmm. unwritten coming true and it makes no sense mm -hmm. yeah and his antagonists throughout most of the series are an evil law firm who represent evil people and monsters, heart. yes. And yeah. in the very first episode, he kicks one of those uh, clients out of a window. <laughs> yeah, which is actually kind of beautiful. I mean, it who is. doesn't want to do that to a lawyer at some point? Uh, right? Um, so basically, I feel like the first few seasons, we can kind of gloss over, but Angel is kind of like a, a dad figure in that he's hundreds of years old. Um, he's sort of like... he's a, well, he's a he is... He's he is actually he enters the series as a dad even before he he has a child because he sired Drusilla. Right, right. I guess yeah. Oh man, and, if you want to read it that way, then it gets very uncomfortable later right, on. And we know and we know this from Buffy. Like he is he is Drusilla's sire. So mm -hmm. he creates her her as a vampire. And also in Buffy at one point, Spike, who is which is it's just too much backstory for anybody who doesn't know <laughs> the universe, uh, says to says to um Angel, you were you were my sire, you were my Yoda man. Like I think that's in school hard. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> um but even though, and maybe that was before they actually decided decided who was Spike's sire, um, because it's Drusilla who who sires Spike, which makes Angel Angel Angelus Spike's grandfather. <laughs> um, so yeah, he already enters as a kind 
an actual supernatural father mm-hmm. as well as kind of a father figure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, he has sort of this, he, he accrues this kind of like ragtag band of, of followers or employees, I guess. They're employee friends. They're yeah. friend, <laughs> friendlies. I don't know. Well, like, I mean, for, for the first little while, at least no one is making any money. So right. they're, they're coworkers. Right. And then, and then they get like a dot com person who, who gives them all this money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It allows them to allows them to buy the Hyperion Hotel and set up a and their agency in a you know several hundred room hotel because who doesn't need that? Right, right. Oh my god, that hotel is beautiful though. The hotel is awesome. Huh. The hotel is one of the best things about the show. It's so good when they move out of the dingy like detective office and into the mm-hmm. hotel. Um, but yeah, so some of the people that that start following him early on are. Um, so you have uh, Cordelia from Buffy, like because right. you need these kind of characters to show up um, that also move from Sunnydale. Um, and um, she and on Buffy was kind of like this ditzy kind of like popular girl. She was she yeah she was the mean girl yeah she was like yeah the exactly. resident rich mean girl right right and um, but she sort of like gets more exposed to supernatural things and like to to serious life stuff as the series goes on i think there's a subplot where like her dad goes bankrupt or something yeah he didn't pay income tax oh right he goes to jail yeah Mm -hmm. and um she moves to la to become an actress and then ends up basically throwing in with angel and at first is kind of this like protege figure although later on and i guess we'll get into this um sort of like becomes like they become kind of like the parental figures of angel investigations. Mm-hmm. And um, he also, he gets, um, who else is in that early Wesley, kind of? Well, uh, Wesley, well, right. There's, well, there's the, there's the original demon who gets killed off in, oh. at the end of the first season, um, Doyle. Yeah. Because the Eric, the actual actor had a massive, he's dead now, but yeah. the, he had a drinking issue. And, um, so they killed him off because he was just pointless on set, apparently. Um, so then Cordelia inherits his, Doyle's visions. His he was a Doyle was a half half demon vision monster. Mm-hmm. So they kiss, and Cordelia inherits his vision. Doyle dies in an act of self-sacrifice, and so then Cordelia becomes Vision Girl, whereupon they become joined by Wesley Wyndham Price, who had been Faith's watcher on Buffy. Um, and then they get uh, the black dude. Who's Charles the, Gunn. Charles Gunn, right. Charles Gunn comes and joins them. And then, so it's that foursome. And then... Um, and then later at the end of season two, they end up getting joined by uh, Fred, Willifred. Who's... The, she is the... Other, um, the other phys- white the girl. Phys- the, yeah, she's the uh, physics scientist who had been sent to Pylea. Right, and right. And then they get the host, um, Lauren. 
the oh. demon, the green demon who owns for Caritas the karaoke bar. Right, 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 right. And, right. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's amazing nobody watched the show because it's so simple and straightforward. I know, I know. There's like a pretty small cast of characters that doesn't change that often. None of them have their own like detailed, complex, convoluted backstories. Um, it doesn't it's take not like... As if, it's not as if you need to watch from the very beginning as well as all of Buffy in order to understand it. <laughs> right, right. Um, so... And it's not like it doesn't get worse. Oh my God. Okay, let's just get into it. Because basically what happens is that Wolfram and Hart, in one of their attempts to destroy Angel, basically they bring his sire Darla back to life because he had killed her, right? Or Buffy killed her? Yes. No, he killed killed her. her. Yeah. Early on in in the first season of Buffy. Right. And Wolfram and Hart are like, we're going to bring Darla back to like corrupt Angel or like mess him up or something. Yeah, and to turn him bad and to make him into Angelus the vampire again. Right, right. And um, so they fuck. They do. And something bad always has to happen. Someone has to die. Um, and and it's interesting that they fuck. And then, yeah, like because Buffy really does set up like they frame Angel's soul thing as like. He will lose his soul if he has like a moment of pure happiness, but like, right. except, but it's not about orgasms because there's this whole subtext on Angel. Every time that he goes to visit those three women, we're like, Angel. Like it's very oh, clear yeah. he's had sex with them, right? And had yeah, had sex with them all together. Yeah, like it's not about having sex, and apparently it's not about having foursomes. It's about <laughs> it's about fucking when you're in love. That right, ultimately right. causes you damnation. Or yes, death. Yes. Or both. And but he fucks Darla, which is weird given what you were talking about before, because Darla is his sire. Darla is his sire, but they had been lovers when they were vampires for for more than a century. Right, right. So, but you know, vampirism, I mean, if you're like one of the things and this is one of the reasons why I like supernatural shows. One of the things about being a vampire is that it's a blank check to do the stuff that you would feel guilty about doing as a human. Mm-hmm. And it allows us to safely explore these spaces, both, you know, that with the frisson of it's both gross and exciting without any repercussions. Mm. Um, it's in the same way that like you can quote unquote, get away with more stuff in, in cartoons than you can in live action. Um, supernatural spaces allow to allow us to have, you know, weird incest shit that is really gross and wrong if it's just straight up fiction, but it's not as gross and wrong somehow if they're, I don't know, vampires. Sure, um, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, yeah, the weird, so, so, so they, Wolfram and Hart brings back Darla. Darla is a human mortal, a mortal human when they bring her back, who very soon starts dying from the syphilis she had (laughs) right that she had when she was uh... that she had had when she was turned into a vampire in uh, the you know pre-revolutionary times in america Mm -hmm. like she's basically a puritan hoe (laughs) (laughs) right yeah um 
and uh, and so she gets turned into a vampire by Drusilla, whom Angel had sired, and then she has sex with. Angel, whom she had sired in a really strange daisy chain of <laughs> <laughs> creation, mm-hmm. or procreation. Yeah. And she gets pregnant. And she gets pregnant because of a supernatural glitch, yada, yada, yada. Um, and when she gives birth, she has to die because of a prophecy and also because is in the Whedon verse, sex equals death. Right, yeah, she stakes herself, she and stakes like herself. the baby just kind of like drops to the ground in a little pile of wet ashes because, of course, it's raining. Of course, of course, yeah, it's, it's one of the four days a year in in Los Angeles when it rains. Yeah, most of Angel is set during those four days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Or at night. laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this baby kind of becomes the focus of like the whole season. Oh, the next couple of seasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. So so Angel goes basically from being daddy to being a dad. Yeah, yeah, because he has to take care of this baby. He's, like, carrying this baby around the whole time. Um, it becomes, like, because this baby is, like, a big prophecy baby, um, he's, like, <laughs> making a list of people who, like, want to harm the baby. Right. Like, various gangsters, demons, demon gangsters, um, and it's just like, we got to kill all these people because if any of them comes near my baby, I'm just going to break their necks straight up. Right. Just going to kill them. I don't my care. Favorite, <laughs> my favorite moment in the early, in the early angel daddy episodes, dad episodes, not daddy, um, is Connor, the baby just can't stop crying. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, he's just crying and they feed him, they change him, they put him down, they pick him up, they feed him, they change him, they put him down, they pick him up until finally Angel picks him up and makes the vampire face mm-hmm. and Connor stops weeping. <laughs> and, there's, and and there's this sense of, you know, I think of dramatizing how frustrating it is to be a new parent because you, you you can't communicate. You don't know what's going on. It's always interpreting some kind of mysterious set of signs. Mm-hmm. You do what the, the manuals and the books tell you to do. It's often wrong. And then you just kind of hit upon the thing that makes sense. And in that moment, it's not just that your kid feels better, but it's like you get this validation of your own skills as a parent. And that episode kind of comes that all of that stuff comes across in that episode, which is is really nice because by and large, Angel's a terrible father. Right, right. Yeah, he is not great. He's no, that's really no, he's not. Nobody wants Angel as, as a father. He's really bad. He's really, he's really so bad. bad. He's and so bad. I really like what you were saying there about like about what parenthood is like as I've never thought about this before, but like that kind of redeems some of this stuff for me. Um, because it's all about prophecy, right? And it's all about just like trying to interpret these things that you can't really communicate back with or ask questions of and trying right. to like satisfy these conditions and like figure out how to make it work. And like in many ways that does seem parallel to like having a newborn baby. 
Right. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, the thing about the thing, all right, again, sort of going back to what I, what I in specific like about supernatural shit is that it's all, it's always already metaphor. Right, right. Because it's not, it's just not real. You know, like it, you don't have to worry about like, what was the author in, you know, like, was it, is this coming from the authors of your life? It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. It, it, vampires don't exist. So you can take, you can take the metaphor, the symbolism and, and hold it in front of you and look at it. Right. So like, what's really interesting to me about thinking about raising a child under the auspices or within the framework of prophecy is thinking of that prophecy as narrative. And it's, it's so much of Angel as so much of Buffy is about, uh, is about reading texts, reading texts rightly and reading texts wrongly. And like, especially, especially Angel turns on whether or not they've understood the prophecy correctly, whether it was written down correctly, whether somebody has rewritten it. Um, and, and in a lot of ways that goes along with the idea of how we understand the framework of the narrative of our lives or, you know, I've never had a kid. I'm never going to have a kid. But like if I were to have a kid, there would already be some kind of pre-written narrative because you always come into this with expectations. I'm going to be this kind of mother or father Mm -hmm. or parent. Uh, My child is going to be like this. You know, I'm going to raise them this way. But no matter what, you're going to fuck it up. The text is never going to be written or act out the way that you expect it to. And so the idea of having a child in an interlocking framework of prophecies kind of exposes all of those parental narrative lies or or, or concepts that we tell ourselves as humans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like <laughs> this is really, oh my God, this is kind of stealing my resolve to get into the stuff that I really, really don't want to get into, but is so core, unfortunately, to the whole the way. Really, the, the whole bad season the four whole ba- the bad The bad stuff. The, the non, bad non good. It's so bad. It's so it's so, so bad. So okay. It's really bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> Deep breath. Um. Basically. <laughs> basically. Speaking of prophecy, there's a prophecy that the baby that Connor, the baby child of Angel, is going to kill a demon named Sijon. And this is not. This character has never appeared before, as far as I remember. Um. He's just this guy who is like, oh no, this baby's going to kill me. I'm going to time travel to rewrite this prophecy to say Angel's going to kill his baby. Right. Okay. Um, and so there's this, like, they, they read the prophecies and they're like, oh, Angel's going to kill his baby. Oh no. Um, and basically Wolfram and Hart tricks Angel into, like, eating his baby's blood. Like, they mix it in his oatmeal or whatever, and it starts making him crazy. Oh yeah, that's I had forgotten about that whole bit. Yeah, that's really gross. And um, eventually, Wesley is like, okay. um, Wesley teams up with Holtz. 
Holt, who is, who is a, va- a time traveling vampire <laughs> hunter. Again, I'm really shocked this this show didn't take I, off. Why didn't it catch on? So Holt <laughs> is like a, a vampire hunter from the days when Angel was was in America, right. when he was. Actually, they're in the, they're in in not in America in Europe. Oh when, right, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and Angel murders his whole family, mm-hmm. um, and turns his daughter into a vampire. I think. Uh, I don't think. So. I think he does because then Holtz has to kill her. Oh, oh, turns Holtz's daughter into a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. When you said his, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so because this is when Angel doesn't have a soul, and like Angel is like the show doesn't oh, really a... like he's a he was bad. He was like the worst oh, yeah, he vampire. Was really, he was a really bad. He was a really bad vampire. And, like, Holtz yep. is, like, in any other narrative would be, like, the hero who maybe has to do some not great stuff, but, like, is trying to kill vampires. Like, he's doing a good thing. Right. And uh, he time travels. I think Saijon, like, brings him to the future. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because he's like, hey, guess what? Like, yeah, Angel killed your whole family, but in, like, hundreds of years, you can get revenge. You just have to, like, basically like be frozen in time until then and then right. he's in the, he's in the present and um wesley teams up and with him there's, and there's that whole there's that whole uh sequence when he like is watching videos in order to get <laughs> caught up he's doing the event. fucking austin powers thing yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> i'm sure that scene is a parody of something else and someone just heard me say that and was like oh my god um but yeah, so he gets caught up and he's like, what are these these metal beasts that roam in the roads? What is this this internet that you speak of? What is this digital Timex timepiece? This is devilry. Um, and then he, he trains this, like, he trains basically this gang of, like, protégés, of deranged protégés, including this one girl um, who, like, there's this weird, like, daddy BDSM thing between them. Yeah, where he's just when, like abusing her. Yeah, and he and he he pins her hand to a table with a giant knife. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's basically just like you need to become tough, a, a tough like a killing machine, like I am. Um, right. So it's gross, but everything's gross in this season, so it's par yeah, for the course. I mean, really, both <laughs> seasons three and four are just. I, it's they're just so bad is this season three we're we're in right now yeah okay yeah oh my god season four somehow gets worse season but four uh is when cordelia and connor i want to forget <laughs> that but so this whole time angel is like i'm not gonna eat my baby but i'm feel like maybe i do want to do that yeah, because I, i've been well, drinking his blood but i don't know but, it but you know but all right again you know we we it's gross but at the same time like who has not held a baby and not wanting not wanted to bite its little cheeks (laughs) (laughs) yeah and drink the lifeblood of it and be rejuvenated um (laughs) that's peter thiel oh yeah sorry um (laughs) but uh so yeah wesley eventually decides okay this is too much angel is gonna kill this baby and like that's unforgivable so he kidnaps the baby and then 
And but I mean, okay, Wesley gets that bad rap, but like I feel like he acted on the best information he had in this season. And like everyone really like I don't know. I feel like everyone in the show overvalues loyalty compared to like doing the best thing that you think that you could. But um but Wesley basically becomes this like broken anti-hero and like recluse in the next season because of what happens here where he tries to team up with Holtz to steal the baby and then Holtz's protege slits his throat and leaves him for dead and um there's this huge like standoff with Angel and Wolfram and Hart and Holtz and Holtz is like well I guess I'm fleeing into a hell dimension with the baby now goodbye Angel tosses him the baby Angel gives him the baby yes yeah yeah yeah. it's because he's looking at he's looking at Wolfram and Hart stealing the baby and killing it or putting the baby someplace safe, which is with Holtz. So he sacrifices Connor to Holtz thinking, all right, at least here's a person who will, who I know from these hundred years of history is a devoted father. Sure. He's going to an unknown hell dimension, but at least he's got a good dad. And then as Holtz takes Connor to go to the hell dimension, he says, you'll never, you know, I'm going to, uh, you'll never see your Connor again. He'll never know your name. He'll never know your name. I'm going to tell you bad things. I'm going to tell him bad things about you, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So then, so Holtz takes Connor to the hell dimension and then uh, Connor reappears. Is that like the end of this episode or like the next episode or something? It's like... No, it's a it's a it's a couple episodes later. Okay. Connor reappears um, when a portal gets opened, and because the it's only been like two or three weeks, but uh, because time runs differently, Connor is all of a sudden eighteen. He's a teen. He's a teen, right? And and so like here's this, and he's really angry, but he tries to really kill Angel immediately yeah. and repeatedly. Um, and it's sort of, uh, you know, a metaphor of like how you, you know, like what happens if you have to grow up, you know, not exactly having a father and having to, you know, scrape by your own bare existence and, and he's right, you know, he's a rightfully angry teen, I think. He is, he is. Yeah. And Angel, I mean, you know, like one thing about Angel's parenthood, which is spotty at best, um, he is really good at sacrificing his happiness, his own happiness for his son's happiness. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's his whole thing. That's his whole game is sacrificing his happiness. Right. right. That's what he does. Other than brooding, that's what he does. Really- <laughs> well, they work really well together. Those two Especially things. if you're wearing a duster. Exactly. Yeah. And I think at one point Connor is like, uh, I'm not going to kill you, Dad. I'm just going to sink you at the bottom of the ocean where you can oh, yeah, live forever that's, 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 and that's lose your mind. The next episode, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, he tricks Angel um, and puts him in a casket and sinks him. Well, because Halt has faked his, or not faked, staged his own. Like he is dead. Yeah, um, he's he, dead. Right. He made he's it look staged. like Angel killed him. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's just it's really it's really kind of a, a baklava of bad dads. It's like <laughs> one, one flaky layer after another in a bloody pastry of really, really, you know, manipulative, 
immature fatherhood. Absolutely. And, um, but, but, and, you know, they make up, they make up after uh, that. Sure. Cause who wouldn't, you know, I mean, I mean yeah, you know, like what, you, how can you not? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things that angel, I mean, one of the things that angels really preoccupied with as much as Buffy's preoccupied with what it means to be a girl and a woman and, and feminine, uh, the angel universe is really preoccupied with what it means to be male, um, you know, a young man and masculine. Mm. And, and the answer is ultimately it's not really good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, unlike, unlike Buffy, which uh, despite its many problems, I mean, I know that there's this whole anti-Buffy backlash, but I'm not on the side of, and I see the critiques, but, you know, on the whole, the, the argument for the way that Buffy configures the many kinds of, of ways of being a chick, there, it tends to be strong and independent and positive, Mm -hmm. but in, in Angel, it feels like the ways that it, it it creates masculinity tends to be really problematic and only about work and self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to have fun if you're a dude. <laughs> it seems that way from the show, unless you're Spike, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Spike is really the only character who sort of stands apart from all of that. But even, but even he is, you know, I mean, Spike's, Spike has the advantage of being more honest than anybody else. Mm. You know, like that time when he says to, uh, and, and this is during Buffy, he does occasionally, I mean, he does eventually show up in Angel in the final season, making the final season actually one of the best seasons of, of Angel. Um, but, and during, in one episode in Buffy, he says, at least he says, I maybe loves bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it. Like mm-hmm. there's this sense about Spike where he's pretty realistic about what the world is doing, his place in it. And he also kind of takes responsibility pretty well when he, when he fucks up, which he does early and often. Um, if you don't really see that a lot in, in the angel verse, um, you see people fucking up a lot and you see them trying to make it right, but that's very different from taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. We, I don't know if we have to get into the, the other season. I mean, it's, I guess like there's this whole, like it's the worst season of Angel, <laughs> partly <laughs> because um, something went down with Charisma Carpenter um, basically, like Joss Whedon basically just like pushed her off the show. I feel like I think she got pregnant a bunch, and Joss Whedon was like, "You're out." Um, um, actually, I think it was. I think she had problematic pregnancies. Oh, like you can see if you watch, like especially those episodes where they're just shooting her face. Um, her weight goes up and down a lot, huh. and I think that she and it was during the time period when she was procreating and I just think she had really difficult pregnancies 
Yeah, but the, nobody really talks about exactly what happened. At least I don't know. Maybe right. if you do a deep dive on the weed verse, <laughs> I I don't really care enough to know. Yeah. So the season, I guess the the upshot of all of it is like Cordelia is like possessed. Like she goes to basically heaven or like that the heaven dimension. Like she becomes a power that be, right. and then gets bored. But then this like this this other power, this like disgraced fallen power, like possesses her on her way back and she seduces who's who's he just happily named the beast she seduces connor yeah and it's awful it's really bad and they fuck and then she kind of like gives birth to this weird demon well she the the yeah she gives birth to um why am I spacing on her name? Um, oh, G- uh, uh, Gina Torres. And, yeah, Gina uh, Torres. The character's name is Jasmine, who is like... Right, Jasmine. Who was a power <sighs> that be who Cordy gives birth to. And it's Connor's... It's her and Connor's child. And I hate it. Yeah, it's and especially it's yet it's so gross. And like I as an older woman who gen, who who like my boyfriend is 20 years younger, like I really am into older women younger boy relationships or younger man relationships on television. Like those representations are really important to me. And this one makes me want to power wash the inside of my skull. <laughs> It's so creepy. I hate this season. It's so gross that I've only been able to bring myself to watch it all maybe once. I mean, definitely once. And then I've tried other times. I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, and she, nope. So Jasmine basically takes over most of the world in like, because I think anyone who sees her is just like instantly like smitten with her and like just becomes obsessed with serving her. Um, right. And she wants to bring world peace. The only problem is that she, she eats, eats people. people. Um, and also the whole like no free will thing, which like Angel yeah. is like very opposed to. Yeah, the lack of free will is a real drag. Uh, and... Uh, but it is oh, interesting yikes. how the show sort of sets up this thing where either you can have world peace or you can have free will. Right. And it's sort of like, well, that I like we don't I, I mean, everything about that would make me want to scream no. But if I actually stop and think about it, that's that's probably fairly accurate. It's probably fairly, you know, I mean, it's an impossible, I mean, it's obviously an impossible choice because it could never happen, but it's also an impossible choice. Right. Um, and I don't really care about eating people. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's like but, only a few people. Although few it becomes people. more and more, I think. Um, yeah. She does get very hungry. Yeah. So she basically like takes over, like she is they find some like way like basically if like you come in contact with her blood you see her true form which is like this hideous like maggot infested corpse um and they like start inoculating people against it um and it's like this terrifying experience and like people and like they're really it's like they've been cut off from a god basically um and then angel fights her she kicks his ass and then connor just like puts his hand through her skull and uh, he's like, yeah, 
I wasn't affected by the whole thing. I knew she was just like lying, but I didn't really know what else to do. So I just went along with that. Well, Connor just really wants a family so badly. Right, right. Yeah. So he's willing to pretend as if this is a thing that he's a part of, even though he's not a thing. Because for him, the the God is is unity of family. It's not, he doesn't really care about, you know, feeling actual peace. He just right. wants, well, actual peace. He doesn't really care about feeling that bliss. He just yeah. wants every everybody to hold hands and sing. Mm-hmm. Which is a very childlike desire, but, you know, let's face it, he did have to grow up in three episodes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the weird thing is, you know, he's he's played by Vincent Carthizer, who goes on to be on Mad Men, where he is himself a really bad dad. Mm. A really bad, immature dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, basically... Um, and then, uh, Connor tries to kill Cordelia and himself too. Yep. Tries to blow them all up. Um, Right. And Angel intervenes and in intervening, he's, and this is again where it gets Baroque. So Wolfram and Hart has, as a reward for ending world peace, wants to give, Angel Investigations, control of Wolfram and Hart, the L.A. division. Mm -hmm. So the whole team has the option of either joining the special tour of Wolfram and Hart or not. It's a one-time offer to say thank you for ending world peace. Um, So Angel goes and to stop Connor from blowing up everybody in the sporting goods store for no apparent reason. And in doing so, he slices Connor's throat where the screen goes white. And the next time we see them, they, he's taking a limo to go and see Connor's really Connor's family, which is this happy, shiny, all American toasting for, to Connor getting into you know, being in the top 10% of his class and going to college. So it's like Connor has had his whole history rewritten and all of the angel friends have forgotten who Connor is. Only angel is living with his loss. Mm -hmm. But just as vampires don't stay dead, neither do these memories. And eventually Connor returns with his memories in order to fight the final battles of Angel. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that moment where where Angel is like, makes that decision to become part of Wolfram and Hart in order to give his son the life that he should have had. Mm-hmm. You know, a happy cohesive family with support and success is another another moment when angel puts other people his other people's happiness ahead of his own his his self-sacrificing thing right yeah yeah in order to go to work it's it's all about self-sacrifice and work 
I mean, I, you know, before thinking about this, I thought Joss Whedon had some fucked up shit happening about moms, uh-huh. whom he also has to kill off on a regular basis, but uh, like some some pretty, you know, deep-seated anger. But now I'm like, wow, somebody in the Whedonverse, whether it's Joss or Tim Minear or, or the other producers, pretty angry at or about being a father. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. No one gets out alive. Yeah. No one gets out dead either. (laughs) No one gets out because Angel just ends with them fighting everything and L.A. being sent to hell. Basically, there's a giant dragon, and the final the final words of the show are Angel shouting, "Let's get to work," which is fucked up. I mean, I know they had to film it in a hurry, and they got canceled sort of last minute, and and uh, and all of and this wasn't what they wanted to do at the end of season five, and they were expecting a season six, and apparently in the last season it had gained some fans somehow, um, probably because Buffy was no longer on the air. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's it's a pretty bizarre ending for a show. It's very strange. Really like it. Um, really it's kind it. of like if you. There's comics that sort of continue the story, mm-hmm. and some of them are okay, but yeah, it is, it's, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. It's all manner of weird. <laughs> I feel like that covers most of and the angel dad yeah. stuff. Angel, not a good dad. Not great. Sure. Not no. great. <laughs> and so many, so many bad dads on this show. So many bad dads. Yeah. Land of bad dads. <laughs> Is there anything else that you feel like we missed that you wanted to, to hit on? No, I, I think we pretty much covered it all. Awesome. Cool. Well, this was this was super fun. I'm glad we got to talk about this. I feel like um, we each reminded each other of some really bad angel moments. Um, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so we can go carry those off into our lives. And... Um, Angel, colon, he's not Giles. (laughs) He's not Giles. And I'm still, basically, uh, the backstory of this whole show is that um, it really started as, like, like Giles is, like, the dad that I have in mind. And, like, I haven't worked up to that. Like, every episode I do is, like, me building up the courage to finally do the Giles episode. And Mm -hmm. I think it might end up having to be a multi-part one because I know a lot of people have feelings about Giles, and I I do as well. I feel like that relationship, the Buffy-Giles one, is, like, the most important one of the entire series. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Maybe I'll tap you for that too when that. Um... Oh, I, you know, I, I do love, I do love Giles. <laughs> cool. Well, um, where can... All right, so the one, the one thing that if anybody does want to watch Angel and just one, you know, like one episode, Smile Time, the puppet right. episode, yes, is yes. almost redeems the entire badness of season, seasons three and four. Right, and I am using that uh, a picture from that as the image for this episode. Excellent. So if you're wondering where that came from, there is an episode where Angel gets turned into a puppet, and it's very, very good. So good. Cool. All well, right. uh, where can people find you online? 
Um, I'm on Twitter as Chelsea G Summers. I have a website, which is chelseagsummers.com, where I keep my writing stuff. I have pieces coming out shortly in Unracked and on the Frisky. And, you know, I'm working on a book proposal. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks again so much. And I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye, kiddos. Is it Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by Nick Bravo for Stay Mean. Stay Mean is listener-supported. If you appreciate the shows we make and want access to bonus episodes and other perks, support us at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album, Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy. Thanks for listening. Be good, kiddos.